welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, release them on YouTube, and then combine them into this audio podcast once a week for your listening enjoyment. We hope you enjoy it. If you do like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. It helps us out tremendously. And as a final reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, you've seen those big cars driving down the street with the billboards on the side, and then you have all the screens all over the strip. There's advertising everywhere. We're marketed everywhere, but there's a new market emerging, and that is billboard advertising on the back of wheelchairs in downtown Las Vegas. Brilliant strategy or uh, ridiculousness at its worst? <laughs> Are we going to put like flyers, like, you know, the planes that fly by in the air and they just kind of tail behind the the wheelchairs or the, uh, the Amigos, you know, get them on those too, and... I don't know. This is crazy. Like, it, it feels like a stadium where they just put a billboard on everything and wheelchairs. I don't know. That's nuts. I mean, it's next level for sure. But it's probably pretty effective, right? Because uh, you can weave in and out of the crowds. You know, you have a billboard. It's in one spot. But this is just moving around. And on Fremont Street, where you don't have cars, I think it's a it's a brilliant display of advertising. But I wonder how much the person in the wheelchair is getting paid for that. <laughs> They should pay people, like, they should give them half off if they get a flyer on them when they do the zip line. There you go. (laughs) Rumors are abound that there could be a strike at the casinos among security workers, uh, maybe inspired by some of the culinary, you know, displays and and things going on. Uh, Las Vegas locally shared that there possibly could be a strike. And then Vital Vegas shared some information about job openings, where you really get to see how much security officers make at the Las Vegas Strip casinos. And it looks like anywhere from like 15 to 18 dollars to start, which, you know, when you figure out what people are making at just like fast food or I'd say a lot less stressful jobs, it doesn't seem like 15 to $18 is a great pay. Maybe they have a point here, but I can't imagine being a security officer in Las Vegas is a lot of fun on some nights. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15, 18 bucks might have been good 15, 20 years ago, but especially since COVID, you've seen like McDonald's offer sign up bonus or like sign on bonuses and like, you know, they're paying 15 bucks plus uh, to do that job. So this is stress and another level and it's not like you know uh working as a dealer or whatever that they get some tips to offset some of that cost and you know getting to and from the strip is kind of a pain now and yeah it's a tough racket and you know the good news would be if they do go on strike sean you just got to run in there and film everything you can film while you can film it exactly this is the best news for uh, vegas vloggers you can just go in and go hog wild and uh, be like (laughs) security's on strike uh but you know that's my love-hate relationship with them right i mean that's most of my run-ins are being told not to film in a casino Uh, but generally I have pretty good run-ins with them I used to work at MGM Grand back in the day and security back then they were usually all ex-military most of them carried weapons back then in fact almost all of them did Uh, so it was sort of different whereas now most officers that are on casino floors do not have weapons I don't feel like they are a lot of ex-military huge respect to everybody who does it I think no matter whether you're the lowest level security officer or somebody who's high trained you should uh, get paid well and it does seem like those pay rates are a little bit low compared to to all the crap that you have to deal with as a security guard in Las Vegas, including those snotty vloggers who want to just stick their camera everywhere. (laughs) 
if you look at they're short staffed and that has to do with probably pay like if you're not going to pay somebody a good wage nobody's going to come and sign up to do that job and and do the training and everything and i don't really ever notice them that much as just somebody walking through the casinos but when you need them you want them there and especially with everything that we've seen happen in vegas whether it be on fremont street or on the strip you know just the craziness that happens and and you want somebody there to protect it you know even you know they stand there and watch the elevators make sure that whoever's going up is supposed to be going up to the hotel but this is what we see across vegas and you know the hospitality industry is they're struggling to fill those spots even when these casinos and and hotels are making all-time high record profits it's just kind of crazy you know like give a little bit back so you you have happy people Uh, we talked on the last show about green valley ranch's epic transformation or whatever they called it so i was walking there this weekend and there's not a lot going on there the same construction walls so there's really wasn't much for me to film i did get to film the new bar there which looks very nice it's right in the area where the cashier was for the old buffet and i did want to answer a question somebody asked in the comments when we were talking about green valley ranch and i showed some footage out by the pool they're like is that a vineyard back there and yes there is a vineyard out there by the pool which i think is one of the cooler little outdoor areas in all of las vegas casinos this vineyard that kind of goes back by the spa over near the pool area there at green valley ranch so not a lot to report as far as construction just walls the new bar, but yeah, a vineyard. Pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that that was there. That is kind of unique. Did you see, you know, I know this wasn't on the list, but did you see Durango lit up uh, last week? It just popped, popped, like they lit up the sign and the uh, the logo and everything looked pretty cool. Uh, slick logo, I like it. I saw a video of it, but I didn't see it as a big thing. But yeah, I saw it lit up, so I'll, I'll find the video we can throw up on the screen right now for everybody. <laughs> it is just uh, lights on the side of a building, but you know, we got to get excited about stuff. <laughs> well, we're going to get excited about lights on the side of a building building later in this uh, show as well so uh, i guess we'll uh, we'll keep doing that foreshadowing so this, yeah boom <laughs> so there is this article of five top luxury suites in las vegas from the review journal and this i actually saw this a couple months ago and we've been meaning to to cover it Obviously, we've talked about the villas at the Mirage. We did a whole uh, episode where we covered somebody's in-depth review of that. Those villas are getting renovated. And a lot of the hotels around town have these sort of high-end villas. You know, you have the Palazzo Suites at Rio, the mansions at MGM. These are super exclusive hotels within a hotel. But sometimes you just have some really cool rooms within hotels. And uh, I'll start with this, the Verona Sky Villa at Westgate. So Westgate has this old, like, Parisian theme, I guess, in some of their villas. Start with the one nobody plans on you starting with. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what was surprising to me. And these are, like, these very over-the-top. Westgate is owned by, was it David Siegel? The guy who created, you know, the Versailles, or he's building his Versailles mansion in Florida. If you've ever watched the, was it the Queen of Versailles, that documentary, it's very interesting. Very much into, you know, European architecture. And these big suites are very much of that sort of vein, the way they're decorated. They're huge. I didn't realize these were big. I wonder how these were decorated back in like the Hilton days, the international, like the old days. But uh, yeah, these villas are very like old world French aristocratian kind of things. Interesting for Las Vegas, I guess. Yeah, definitely, you know, not something that you expect and in good space. And, and it, it, there are people that definitely like that type of style and everything that will draw them in. I know my favorite are we are we allowed to skip or or do you have an idea of what order you want to go here? Well, I don't have an idea, but I did want to point out that that uh, that the Verona Sky Villa is fifteen thousand four hundred square feet. So I didn't even know there was rooms that big at the Westgate. So I'm just going to keep talking about Westgate because I think that we should just do you know what was what was the next one that you had on on your 
I, I know that you love room size, so that's big for you. I mean, we got to talk about the carpet maybe too, throw that in there. But uh, definitely mine is the the one at the Palms with the pool, you know, and everybody knows about that one. But uh, I think that's such a cool, unique feature that you have there. I mean, the inside of the suite looks amazing. I think they have like a 13-seat bar, you know, foosball, all that type of stuff. Cool stuff. But I, that pool just like floating out, looking at the strip. I mean, could you imagine that for the 4th of July fireworks show where you're just chilling in your, you know, your pool thousands of feet in the air uh, hanging out checking it out yeah it looks amazing that also has like two private massage rooms so you can get your massage in your masana in that hotel suite uh at palms the empathy suite so that's definitely i think one of like the more modern hip best you know suites there there's also the nobu villa at caesar's palace that they cover we've talked about that through some of the like million dollars caesar's palace formula one packages uh, and then there's the presidential suite at Mandalay Bay, which I was surprised to see because this is a hotel that has Delano, a higher end hotel within it. You have four seasons there, but this is at Mandalay Bay proper and uh, another good looking room that's just massive. And, uh, you know, I wonder how often these rooms get rented out versus how often they're given as comps. Yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, some are, rent. you know, when people come in, just billionaires from overseas probably rent them out you know that don't gamble a ton but i bet you most of them are whales and i want to say like uh, nope uh, the nobu one was my second favorite because of that outdoor patio area you know i love an outdoor patio so i think that's really cool but i feel like mandalay bay that two-story window with the spiral staircase that's kind of like what everybody envisions in their mind because of movies you know like uh rain man and stuff like that's what you think of vegas suites i feel like like that's kind of like a throwback and uh, the only thing I've stayed in that even comes somewhat close to this, and I think I've talked about this before, is the Spa Tower Suites at Golden Nugget. And I did this back in like 2009, 2010. A couple of years in a row, we could get them for like 250 bucks a night, which is insane. I think they're now like six, $700, but they've been remodeled. But that had a spiral staircase, two floor windows, really a beautiful room. My favorite room in Vegas, uh, for sure. There's something about having a spiral staircase in your room that just adds to all of the, the joy and, you know, and just makes it Plus so, mirrors so much above more the bed. That had that too, so, <laughs> you know, double whammy. <laughs> so I alluded to this when I was in Legoland a month or two ago, whenever it was, that they have this mini land uh, there for Las Vegas. And it opened with the park 20 years ago. The park's now 20 years old. And so it's like a look at what the Las Vegas Strip was 20 years ago. And the first thing that like kind of mirrors each other is that this Lego Miniland and Legoland in Carlsbad is falling apart. Kind of similar to the way the Strip's exteriors are falling apart. They, they haven't invested in uh, fixing it up. You know, 20 years of being out in the weather, it uh, it's absolutely falling apart. But it's really cool because you have recreations of things like MGM Grand, Excalibur, Luxor, uh, Treasure Island. Uh, there's just a bunch of different things. There's like working pieces on there of like trains and buses going. Uh, definitely an interesting thing. And you have like the old color scheme for Treasure Island uh, with some of the old facades there. So it's like kind of a look back onto Las Vegas from 20 years ago through the eyes the of days. Lego rotting away with the sun. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and I envision that all the colors are faded, just like Circus Circus Top uh, before the the paint job. So, no, but, the, you know, I think we've seen in the comments on these videos that, you know, 15, 20 to 30 years ago is kind of when everybody feels was the heyday of Vegas. You know, good deals, cool shows, cheap food, good service. And, you know, we've kind of moved away from that and, and everything had kind of a uniqueness to it. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see that you know frozen in time a bit even if it is with lego blocks 
And the nice thing is that the Statue of Liberty at New York, New York, still has water in the Lego version. So, Boom. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great look back. All right, so 4th of July is coming, uh, the day this comes out. And we've talked before about the sphere. First, it was just solid colors they were testing. And then, what, a week or two ago, we saw them testing lines. And now we see this sort of full volcanic kind of effect. And they've announced that they're doing a full show on the 4th of July. So we're going to actually get somewhat of a show going on there. We've already seen testing for it with this volcanic effect that I'll show everybody here. But, like, we're going to actually get a show. This thing's going to come to life. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. The information is a little bit iffy. But they have confirmed they're doing something for 4th of July. A nice little uh, summertime treat and surprise. Yeah, I think this is big, you know, because we've I've joked about how it doesn't look real when you see pictures and everything. And the, the volcanic video was the first thing that really made it feel like it came to life to me a bit. And, and you know, they're going to want to go all out because this is kind of like their hello to the world and it's going to get shared everywhere so i'm excited to see what it looks like and what it's able to do and i think they'll release if not full power you know most of the way there of what what is available to them and what they're able to do so we get kind of a maybe a feel for what their vision is going forward you know maybe it won't just be billboards maybe they'll have cool light shows uh you know and maybe they'll put up a long bar outside so you can have a drink while you watch it i don't know just some ideas spitballing there, but I'm excited to see it. You know, I joke about it all the time, but this is kind of big news for them, and hopefully it goes well and gets people excited about it. Add to the MTM drinking game every time Mark mentions the longest bar in the world that never happened yes. at the MSG <laughs> sphere. But they have said that they're going to do holiday displays, so that they're going to do Halloween, Christmas, stuff like that. Uh, so I think this is perfect way to kind of start that off. And, you know, it's going to be a great compliment. This will be the first time we really get to see the effect of the screen operating in full on, like, traffic, on airplanes. You know, you can see this thing from surprising number of places all around the city, uh, you know, from various areas of the Strip, but all the way from the east side of town, the west. I mean, it really does stick out because of where it is. Obviously, airplanes fly right above it. Cars are driving right past it. So, you know, there was a lot of... I remember when Allegiant Stadium opened that giant screen and people thought people were going to crash into each other watching football games on it. That's never happened. Uh, so I don't think we'll have a huge issue, but this will be the first time we get to see all of that. Uh, and... That's because it's the Raiders. <laughs> uh, but I don't think people are going to crash their car because they're watching the 4th of July show on the Sphere. Do you? No. I mean, they might crash their wheelchairs with uh, billboards on the back. But, but you know, th that that just happens sometimes. But, no, I mean, it will be interesting to see, like, what effect it does have on the area, if anything at all. I doubt it will. I mean, I bet you there will be people, like, clustered into that area. So it might be a little bit tougher to get around. Uh, but other than that, I don't think it will do much in terms of that. But it'll be cool to see, you know... I'm looking forward to seeing videos of that as well as anybody that goes to the Circa party. I'm very jealous of you having that view and, you know, share your videos, tweet at us uh, uh, on Twitter and, and let us know. Hopefully we don't hit the uh, the 600 uh, view ban by the time we get to see them, you know. Oh, don't want to trigger people. <laughs> I was feeling bad about myself because I never hit the ban. I'm like, am I not using Twitter powerfully enough in order to get it? But uh Somebody told me that it might have been other errors, so <laughs> I, I don't know. But, yeah, like, hit us up because I want to see the best videos, and we'll share, obviously, whatever they do at the Sphere, but some other cool things, Legacy Club. Yeah, if you're in and around town, hit us up at Detroit Mark, at Miles to Memories, uh, and we'll uh, we'll share that stuff here. And I hope that you have a good 4th of July, Mark. I'm just going to stay at home, maybe watch some fireworks uh, from Green Valley Ranch because it's close by. And, you know, stay out of all the craziness. I see, I see you're up at your cottage enjoying uh, the week. 
Yeah, we're here for a couple more days, uh, so you know, finally get getting a little sun today. So we're gonna go hit the lake and and hang out. They had the fireworks show on Friday night earlier here, so we got to watch a little bit of that. But smaller show, nothing like Vegas. I still gotta make it there once for Vegas. Brave the heat, see everything shooting off at the same time. I think it'd be cool, even though. You know, I got to find a rooftop somewhere to hang out uh, to do it. The Nobu Villa—that's what you should rent on your uh, July Fourth trip. I'm sure it's go in fund there me. for you. Go fund me, Mark, at the Nobu Villa. There we go. Let's start it. So, Mark, we've talked about the smut peddlers on the strip, the hot dog guys who have shown up on the strip, but now we have a new person coming into the game, a tarot card reader right out on the strip near Bellagio, I think. Uh, What will they think of next? I don't, I mean, this just feels, screams like Fremont Street, like they're trying to make a little bit of money out here. And you know that she had to have gotten approval because you can't put up all these tables and lights and everything and and be out on the strip. So this must be... is something that they're trying to do, but it, it feels just cheap and crowded and it's terrible. And, you know, we've complained about Fremont Street, how there's too much going on, you know, and this just feels exactly like that. So I'm I'm all against it, not for it. I don't know that she has a approval for this. I think she just set up a table, threw some ring lights up, and, and she's doing this. I mean, I, I've never heard of people getting approval to do strip side stuff on the sidewalk like this. But I don't think that it's legal, but people can let us know in the comments. But I love that she just has the whole setup. Boom, got the lights, got everything. She's probably bright, making a fortune, too. She's making too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that uh, when I walked the Brooklyn Bridge and they have like those people with the 360 cameras set up and the, the New York uh, Alicia Keys song or whatever. And they have you stand there and do it. And I'm sure they're they don't have any, you know, approval to do that. But they're trying to make making bank from everybody wanting to make TikToks and everything. So same thing, I guess, you know, get it while you can. Fourth of July happened and fireworks happened all over the valley as expected. Uh, Who cares? So much illegal fireworks, though. <laughs> I mean, they only give out 61 citations, and there's just illegal fireworks everywhere in the Valley. That just shows you how good the enforcement really is. But, of course, the big story of the night was the Sphere Las yeah. Vegas, Vegas Sphere. Nobody cares about uh, fireworks. Formerly known as the MSG Sphere. <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the financial problems with this building, that it probably, you know, financially didn't make sense to build this. Uh, we've covered all the struggles, all the construction, every test that they've done, and then they debuted it for an outside show on July 4th. And, I mean, yeah, it was spectacular. It looked spectacular, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, and we talked last episode about, yeah, I don't think this will cause traffic problems or whatever and uh, it had to have to cause a lot of backups you know people that were driving by stopped and took video or pictures or whatever so you know if this is something that they do on nightly you know nightly or something i think that will maybe cause a problem but it was really amazing it, you know i've given it a lot of crap but it blew my mind and it was a lot better than i expected it to be you know this is what we originally envisioned it looking like in all throughout the it felt like it was going to be a dumbed down version of it but they really nailed it yeah i remember what a couple years ago when they released that new concept art that just had like stripes around the outside and we thought maybe they cut back the screen and they didn't really refute that at all uh so there's just been a lot of roller coaster rides with this and to see it finally lit up and i think they did over 30 minutes of different visuals and there's videos all over social media i'll throw some up here for you guys to look at and there's so many different things from like basketballs to like eyeballs there's that volcanic stuff. 
the moon, the earth, uh, a pumpkin. I mean, they just did so many things. And like, there's this one shot of the monorail going down where it's the moon and the monorail is passing. And I mean, it, it looks incredible. I mean, I, I don't think that we've ever seen anything quite to this level of screen. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm almost speechless about it. It looked great. And I can't wait to see even more. But what a great way to kind of debut it months before they actually open so they can get the hype machine going. Yeah, I wonder, you know, what's inside going to be like. We haven't really seen seen inside with all the lights and everything and a show i'm sure it's going to be epic when they when they do it uh you know i I haven't seen any have you seen any pictures from like an aircraft or anything you know somebody up in the sky flying into vegas or flying out of vegas uh, during that period, I think that would have been cool, but I haven't seen anything pop up. But just imagine what it looks like from there. Maybe we can get like from the space station if it lines up properly. <laughs> what, what I wonder if it shows from there because it, it was like way better than I ever expected, and and everything looked really cool. So I do think it's going to be a, a traffic problem though. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from the air yet. I saw aerials of like the fireworks over Las Vegas, but I didn't see any specifically of the sphere. Yeah, we don't know you know what it looks like inside yet, Mark, but we do know one thing that's not going to be inside of the sphere yeah the longest bar in the world is not going to be there so uh, (laughs) i know it still hurts but yeah let us know what you guys think of the show did you go uh did you see the videos let us know in the comments let's discuss it there is this financial issues aside this is pretty spectacular and it's a great thing for las vegas i think so also great for las vegas arguably uh no is penn and teller the longtime magicians at the rio in fact i think they started there in 2001 So they've been going at it for a long time. They've watched that property really go downhill. But uh, Dreamscape's (laughs) taking over. Can you imagine, like, just watching the palace crumble around you? (laughs) (laughs) Their their closing trick should be making one pillow turn into five pillows so people can... (laughs) (laughs) but they just extended their stay there through 2026 dreamscape announced this and that's not really a surprise because the whole redevelopment of rio won't be finished before then so keeping penn and teller there they really like the theater (laughs) yeah probably not but they really like the theater they like and i've heard him talk on podcasts uh penn about you know he likes the comedians there they got a really good schedule as far as their days off and being able to do other stuff so uh, they've been happy there and uh, like i said they've watched the the palace fall around them crumble to the ground but uh, they're going to be sticking it out for a few more years there making it 25 altogether yeah it makes yeah it makes i thought they'd started before 01 to be honest like it just feels like they're just been there forever uh so which it's still a very long time and it's a show i've never made it to and i I always wanted to you know it was a part of the caesar's diamond free tickets and it was one of the harder ones to get and i could never make it work but always wanted to check it out and i'm not a huge magic person but you know i've watched their show a couple times where they try to figure out other people doing tricks and everything and that was always interesting you know i I think people actually watch that one unlike some other people's magic show. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one other thing that's interesting here is, is this is Dreamscape releasing news about the operations of Rio. So we know they're taking over by the end of the year. It's good to see these little signs of them being in charge and taking this property past it. Caesars will not be involved. Did you see this crazy story about this man got arrested? He was cycling through casinos, up and down escalators, uh, upstairs, just just harassing people. And then apparently Metro Traffic got word of him. They surveilled him for a while. And then they used air units to track him down. He ran away. And they threw the book at him. They charged him with like a million different things uh, for doing this. And, And of course, his shirt was the best thing about all of it. Can you even show it? I don't even know if you could show it. 
I'll, I'll blur it out part of it you know and we we talked about those uh the amigo scooters going up and down escalators and stairs and you know how it was crazy during covid this is like next level and it's kind of surprising nobody got hurt but i mean you know dirt bikes are super loud so i'm guessing people ha- got a heads up that it was coming but still to be riding it through those densely populated areas of people walking around and and stuff it's just nuts i don't i mean the world is a crazy place these days. He probably thought he was going to be a nuisance, you know, and just make loud noise and piss people off. And now he's probably going to go to jail for quite a long time. I mean, they, they threw a lot, including like child endangerment. So, you know, not a good yeah. idea. Another crazy night on the strip. I mean, so many crazy things happen. This isn't even in like the top, I don't know, 100. We cover these things all the time. So he's got to try harder next time if yeah. he wants to make like the, the Hall of Fame of weird <laughs> things on the strip. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, there was this video on Twitter that surfaced of the Wynn Ballroom, all set up basically as a basketball gym. Looks really cool. And that's because the NBA Summer League is in town the 7th through the 17th of July. Those games are at the Thomas and Mack Center. So you can, you know, see a lot of, you know, up-and-coming basketball players uh, play there. And I guess they're practicing all around town. And to go with that, the NBA Con is happening at Mandalay Bay July 7th through the 9th. And this is like what you would expect. You could meet kind of retired players, it's everything basketball, right? They have all these different hoops set up. And I did one of these a long time ago. Uh, so, yeah, it's a NBA weekend. There's always something happening in Vegas. But uh, cool to see that wind ballroom converted into a basketball gym. Yeah, I mean, it's always you wonder if it's easy for them or hard because you always hear like when they go into football stadium and stuff, the sight lines are tough to make shots and everything. So if you're practicing on that with weird sight lines and lower ceilings, does it mess up your game for when you go into the the stadium and play and and it's interesting but the i didn't know that there was an nba con you know you hear comic-con and all that type of stuff but a sporting one it, it makes a lot of sense and it's pretty cool i don't know how long it's been going on but it's awesome to have in vegas if you're big into nba and you know tickets didn't seem too terribly priced you know i saw the the super high vip was sold out but the uh the lower version is 250 just seems like something really cool if you're into that stuff and you want to see players and everything like the sports version of comic-con I wonder if, like, is there an NFL one or, or other ones? I'd be kind of curious to see. I know the NFL does versions of this, like, during Super Bowl week where they have the different booths set up all around the Super Bowl city. But I don't know if they have, like, a off-season con. That'd be interesting to find out. Let us know in the comments. Have you ever gone? I'd like to discuss it there. But, yeah, NBA all over. So if you see a really tall person walking around the strip this weekend, they might be a famous basketball player. So did you see that uh, Crockford's? has a membership club. So Resorts World, we talked about their new you know, transformation, the way they're marketing themselves, something for everyone. Part of their commercial is, you know, rich old guys smoking cigars mixed with young people in clubs. And now they have uh, launched this membership club. And I didn't see like a lot of coverage of this, but it was in Travel and Leisure Magazine. And uh, they've invited 65 people into this membership club already with, uh, you know, they're talking Fortune 500 execs, celebrities. They even said influencers in their respective local circles. So Mark and I are putting our names out there for an invitation to this club. (laughs) Just so you know, uh, we, we have a little bit of influence in this circle. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be this like super high end, uh, exclusive thing when you arrive by limo, the way they treat you on property, having all your preferences. Uh, So a thing for the super rich, but it was an interesting little quirk. I saw that they do have a version of this at some of their properties in Malaysia. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I would have liked to see a little bit more for it. Like if you're 65, only people like have like a little lounge for them to hang out or something cool. And maybe they do, they just don't publicize it because it just sounds like what any high roller would get treated at their favorite property. You know, you're going to get picked up at the airport. 
I know this is with a Rolls Royce likely, but you know, limo, you're going to get seated, you know, wherever you want to sit at a restaurant and you're, they're going to know what kind of food you want and stuff like that. Leave you little gifts in your room. So, I mean, if you're fortune 500 company CEO, I feel like this is just run of the mill. And I would like to see them do something a little bit more special. Maybe just being known to be one of 65 is special enough. I don't know, but I'm kind of surprised there wasn't something like a secret passageway to this lounge that you can smoke cigars or something, you know, maybe there is, and they're just not telling us about it. It's too exclusive They get to use Bruno Mars overpriced uh, stairs, right? No, (laughs) yeah, wrong property. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Clearly, I mean, maybe this is for very wealthy people or influential people who don't uh, gamble a lot. Uh, They say very clearly that your card is on file. So everything you're doing, they're just charging. But it's just like this seamless experience, this home away from home. So, I mean, you're not talking about a product that's going out to thousands of people. So I'm sure there is a small group of people who are super affluent, want this sort of whale treatment without, uh, you know, all those sort of barriers. You can go to any hotel and put your credit card down and do all that. But to go to a place where they know all your preferences, do all of that, and maybe you don't gamble a lot. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And, of course, they're using those Rolls Royces for good stuff. The weirdest story of the week related to Vegas This guy in the Netherlands, in this like 500-person village in the Netherlands, they have this big parade, and he decided he wanted to build a casino-themed float for his parade, and somehow he got a hold of Boulder Station. He figured Boulder Station on Boulder Highway was the casino to do it, and so in this little 500-person town, this team of people built a Boulder Station parade float, and it won the first prize, of course, and uh, yeah, the little Boulder Strip represented halfway around around the world in the Netherlands. Uh, Insane. It really, this was like the weirdest story I think we've come across this year. You know, just one, that you pick Boulder Station out of everything. Two, that you're doing it in the small town where like 35 people had to work on it for for months. And I can't even imagine the amount of money that was spent to do it all for this tiny little parade. You know, it'd be one thing if you're like, I'm going to bring it down, you know, the Vegas Strip on on 4th of July or whatever, then that would make somewhat sense. Or if it was this huge contest uh, that you could win some money or something. But for somebody to pour this much passion into, you know, something uh, around the world for this small town pulled by a tractor, it's so bizarre. It is really crazy. And, you know, you could also see if they did the Bellagio or one of the more iconic casinos that everybody, even probably in a small town in Netherlands, would know about. But to just pick a random local casino on the Boulder Strip, like they had to be like, what's Boulder Station? But of course, that little casino, they were so proud to tweet this out. And I guess it's a win for local casinos, which often get overshadowed. I hope they send them like a free trip or something from all this uh, publicity they've gotten out of it. Or, you know, hook the guy up. He he took care of you pretty well. Yeah, he, he sure did. Great job there. Uh, so Bill Hornbuckle did an interview with the Nevada Independent. And it started with like the uh, talking about I-15 and how that's still such a huge bottleneck for customers. Hornbuckle talked about how he did the drive himself to experience it. So he's a man of of the people, Mark. Uh, he, <laughs> he sat in traffic eight hours uh, to do it. I love when CEOs do those relatable type lines, you know, that, <laughs> to relate to their customers. I did it once. I know. Next time I took my helicopter. Yeah, next. I'll never do that again. I just hopped in the, the private jet after that. But he said that California, you know, remember in 2021, 
Gavin Newsom and Steve Sislak, they met at the border and they talked about adding a temporary third lane for the for the stretch just past state line. Uh, apparently, California is still dragging their feet on that because of an environmental study. So he updated, I think that's going to happen next year, but there's still like 100 miles that need to be widened. So he's talked about his sort of campaigning on a federal level because he's on this advisory board about doing that. He also said that he didn't think Brightline would get built before 10 years. He said he thought it was on a 10-year time frame, which is a lot longer than what Brightline has been saying. I think they're talking, having it open in four or five years. Yeah, it just stinks that all this is getting held up because, you know, that land is in the middle of nothing. There's nothing there. It should be pretty easy. It's flat, you know, mostly flat. It doesn't seem like there'd be a lot of excavating to do. They should be able to widen a highway pretty easily. I don't know what type of, you know, test they need to do, but in 10 years for a train, I feel like back in the gold rush, they would have had that thing up in like a year or less. There's no rules back then. have to do testing or government stuff yeah no environmental studies any of that stuff Uh, but some other stuff he was talking about was interesting he talked about the new york casino how they're trying to get that done in yonkers and hopefully we'll know by next year if they get the license we've talked about competing projects like caesars wants to build one in times square there's a few other competing casino projects and i think there's only going to be three licenses in new york state Uh, i talked about macau saying that they're basically back to 2019 economic levels with only 60% of the people, meaning on spending, people are far out spending in Macau compared to pre-pandemic. Nice. And that's very similar to what we saw here. So, uh, and I saw that in person when I was there a month and a half ago, you know, it was just packed. So, uh, you know, and people were, you know, it was very lively compared to what I thought it would be. And then he also talked about obviously Osaka, how they're going to be moving forward. They're figuring out the latest development plan, getting all the contracts signed. And then Dubai, I think we briefly mentioned that on the show there, Dubai project, which is going to have like an area set aside for a casino because casinos are illegal there, but they're hoping, I guess, to to get the Emirates to, to pass, uh, allow it for legal gambling. But it's going to have 1,200 rooms, Aria, MGM, and Bellagio brands under one roof in Dubai, maybe with a casino, maybe without. So a lot of interesting things for MGM coming up, uh, but I am glad Bill Hornbuckle took the I-15 once, uh, you know, so he feels our pain. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of outlay that they have going on. And, you know, that's part of the reasons they were, you know, selling some things, selling the land out from uh, under their casinos in Vegas so they could build up a war chest for this stuff. The Dubai one is really intriguing to me because they're taking a bit of a gamble, you know, trying it, like building this thing, hoping for a casino to come. And this is going to be a massive resort. And and I know Dubai is a big tourist spot and a lot of people go there and will spend a lot of money, uh, you know, for luxury. So they could still tap into that without the casino. But, you know, we've never seen that level of expertise from MGM to, to cater to that type of setting. You know, you look at the Bellagio, it's not really run all that well for a high end property. You know, if it was Wynn or somebody like that, I could see it fitting more. So I'm kind of curious how this plays out and if they can fit into that mold in that area and who's going to manage it for them, because I don't think they can handle it and, and be at that level that you would need to be at to make that work. Yeah. On one hand, if this goes well, this could be their first foray into really just hospitality without casinos or building big resorts without a casino in a lot of other places. Uh, but to your point, they aren't really synonymous with world-class luxury in their properties. Now, I've heard MGM Macau does reach to those levels. I haven't personally stayed there. Based on my visits there, I would say it absolutely is a top-scale luxury property, unlike what you see here. I would say certainly even above Bellagio. I think maybe we could see that on an international level, but uh, I think 1,200 rooms is a huge hotel. So I think the scale of it might allow them to make the money that they need with or without the casino. But clearly with the casino planned in there, maybe they think they can they can change the, the government's mind. 
I think Caesars has a Caesars Palace there as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it looks from the renderings and everything, it looks like it's going to be beautiful whenever it's done. And I like that they took three of their more known properties and and brought a little bit of each one uh, to there. So it'd be kind of like, a mini Vegas, you know, all on top of each other, which will be cool to check out for sure. Yeah, the Aria brand and the uh, Bellagio brands finally making it overseas, not just MGM, because that's what they've really used is the MGM brand everywhere. Thank you for listening to the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where we release the show twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And all of our Vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com. That's posts, podcasts, videos. See you there. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.